Today, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Rajiv Nathan on the line, a.k.a. Raj Nation, um, founder of Startup Hype Man. Raj, welcome to the show. Adam, thank you for having me. I'm excited to dive into this with you. So I'm excited to get into what you're doing over at Startup Hype Man. Um, I mean, the power of story, uh, that, that, that to, make your, to make yourself and your business stand out. I'm really excited to get into how you're making that happen and how you're helping your clients with that. Um, that being said, before we get into that, let's start with your background a little bit more. Um, how did you get started in business and as an entrepreneur? So I don't think, like when I was in college, I don't think I actually thought I was going to end up doing entrepreneurship in any real capacity. Um, I had this weird notion. I was like, Oh, why would I want to start a business? I don't have to figure out like HR and payroll and <laughs> stuff like that. And then here I am. And I'm like, I still don't even know how that stuff works. Uh, so I had that weird thought that like, that's what you needed to like figure out to be able to start a business. But if you were to go back into like my own, just like life history, I was always doing different entrepreneurial things. I just probably didn't realize it at the time. So like probably the earliest quote unquote, like venture I think I had was in third grade, a friend and I took, um, there were these like video game strategy guides that would be published. Ah. And we would like, you know, we would like buy them at the store and then like cut out certain pages of them and then glue them to your printer paper and staple it all together and basically make our own like modified versions of these strategy guides. And then we try to sell them to other students in the school. And that, that uh, ran out of business pretty quickly because it costs more to buy them than, it, than we could actually sell them for. And you also couldn't, once you cut out one page, you couldn't use that page again for like another booklet. So that, that that one didn't last too long. Probably have to run out of our first set of inventory of like two books. But at least, but there was entrepreneurial thinking. I would like to think at that point at least. That's awesome. No, I love it. Um, I, I love the I love the young stories because it's like there's you know I don't I don't think I have anyone that young listening, but if they are, um, but it's just fun to see where people start. I mean, some people had the lemonade stand. Some people were selling baseball cards. Some people sold candy. I mean, all the different stories that kind of connect us all in our entrepreneurial um, journey, whether we planned on being entrepreneurs, whether we were forced into it, or whether we're asking ourselves, why can't we get out of it? Um, it's kind of a linking theme, I noticed. Um, yeah. Oh, and you early, want to talk about those... baseball cards. I, I never got into Pokemon, but some other everyone else in the school was into Pokemon. And I, there was another student who I would, I was basically his salesperson. I would sell his Pokemon cards to other students and just take a commission off of that. Now, I don't think I knew I was doing sales or getting a commission, but that's what was going on in in fourth grade. Oh, my gosh. So if you were, I mean, obviously, with the benefit of, you know, hindsight being 2020, right? So we learn as we go through different experiences, different, you know, businesses, different employers, all the above. Um, if you were to give some advice to that Raj that's just getting started, if you were getting started all over again, what kind of things would you tell yourself? Oh, man. Um, 
so my first business, like, like legitimate business, like after college and everything, um, started as a side project and then after a couple of years on the side, made it full time and it only lasted for two years full time. And I think one of the biggest lessons I learned out of that was really focusing on who your, who your audience is that you're serving and just getting really clear on like, what is the product that you're trying to sell to them? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got too caught up in early on on like the, you know, I think the widespread message of like, do your passion and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's not just what I would advise the younger Rod. It's what I actually just tell other people now is I, I, I used to be still bought into that like passion train. And now I am probably the one like putting a block of cement in front of that train to stop it. Uh, <laughs> not that you shouldn't do what you're passionate about, but I, I think there's a big misunderstanding of what that actually means. And mm-hmm. something I learned a couple of years ago is that the Latin root of the word passion is either patty or passy, which means to suffer or to undertake. So like think about the movie title, the passion of the Christ. It wasn't like the mm-hmm. awesome, amazing life of the Christ, right? It was the suffering of the Christ. Mm-hmm. So when I realized that, when I learned that, that actual root of the word to me, it's, it's saying, Hey, it's only your, it's only your passion. If you're willing to suffer for it, it's only your passion. If even on your worst day, you'll still get up and do that thing. And I think a lot of people, especially in like more creative fields, will say, oh, I only, I only paint when I feel inspired or when I feel called to do this thing or whatever, right? <laughs> you know, and, and I, make, I make music too on the side as a rapper. And there was a period of, you know, so a few years back where I was like, should I try and pursue that? And what I came to was like, you know what? I really enjoy making music and writing lyrics, but it's not my passion because I only do it when I feel like doing it. Whereas business, even on my worst day, I still get up and say, I got to do this. And to me, that's, that's the passion. Oh, that's great. And to me, the, the really um, obvious, um, obvious connection and people that have always been in that realm would be like your entertainers. Like an actor doesn't act when they feel like it. They act because they have to. Like they got a yeah. job. They got to Like they're not. They don't get to say. I mean, maybe if you're the top of the top, you get you get some type of um, right to be obnoxious or not do what you need to do. But not not typically. Like they're not even. They're those. They're they're professionals and they're they're casting those movies for a reason. Um. So so they're they're doing it rain or shine. I mean that that's life. Um. Let's switch yeah, it up a bit, Raj. Um, yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about what you're doing over at uh, Startup Hype Man um, as founders. So what kind of clients are you helping and, uh, and what are you working on them with? Yeah, so Startup Hype Man, I started um, three years ago in 2017, I guess officially, unofficially a little bit before that. But mm-hmm. uh, the thesis here is pretty simple. It is, uh, you know, what I do and what we do is help startups not suck and how they pitch themselves and tell their story so that they stand out to investors and customers and stand apart from their uh, competition. And really what this is born out of is entrepreneurs and sales leaders coming to me and saying, Hey man, we suck at telling our story. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they say it as point blank as that other times they may not say exactly say we suck, but that, that notion of, quote unquote, suck is coming out in the sense of like them saying, 
uh, every time we talk to a customer, we're saying something different or everyone mm-hmm. on our team says what they want. There's no alignment. Or every time we're building a pitch deck, you know, we're basically challenging who we are as a company because it's never the same. Um, and really, you know, I think there are, there are two key aspects where this is coming up is the company that's recently raised investor capital. Um, primarily, this is happening with SaaS companies, software as a service, where they've just raised some money or maybe they're, they've either raised a million bucks or more or their revenue is at a million or more, one of those two. And now they've hit the point of being in the scale or die mode. If they were to just go continue to grow at the same rate they were before, they're not going to sustain themselves because they've just taken on new uh, team members, new infrastructure, et cetera. So the two things they're obsessing over at this point is making sure they hire the right people and then make mm-hmm. sure they get their messaging down pat and that, 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 uh, you know, infuses into the team appropriately. And that's where I'll come in is, and is in sort of a sales enablement role or it's almost like a temporary outsource, like CMO or VP of sales or something like that. And, work with them to develop their messaging and their story and their pitch for talking to these customers so they can ultimately, you know, get better leads at the top of the funnel in and then Mm -hmm. close more deals at bottom of the funnel. That's, that's the primary area. The other area where this comes up and actually where startup hype man got its start uh, is in supporting companies that are earlier stage, uh, usually like raising a seed round of capital and working with them on their pitch to investors. And so what do you find, I mean, because you're working with a a lot of different um, startups at various stages, what do you find some of the mistakes are that they're making in their messaging now before before you help them? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's a few things that I see. And one one of the major ones is they are very feature driven in their descriptions of the company, of the product, or whether the service. So they usually, here's, here's the thing that happens. Um, I call it the messaging treadmill. And it is mm-hmm. this notion that a lot of these companies, and a lot of these founders, like they know this is something they need to improve. Very few are oblivious to the fact, right? Many of them mm-hmm. know they need to work on this. But it feels like for every step forward they take, they're pulled back one, just like being on a treadmill. And from having over 200, probably at this point, 250 plus conversations over the last three years with different entrepreneurs, what I have called down as the main three reasons this happens is because, number one, they're just too in the weeds of their own company to be able to take that step back and look at it with fresh eyes. Mm -hmm. Number two, the founder or the co-founder might be technical minded. So they're like the product, they were the engineer behind the product. So they know product really well, but they don't know the communication aspect uh, mm-hmm. so well. And they never thought in that lens before. Number three is they're just pulled in too many different directions at any given time to be able to sit down and be like, okay, how do we map out a strategy and a plan around this? And then the, uh, the inconvenient like bow that's tied around that, that keeps people on the treadmill is by the way, 
this is entrepreneurship and at 7 a.m. you feel good, but by 11 a.m. you're like, my life is over. <laughs> and then by 1 p.m. you're like, oh, hey, they responded to us. We're going to do okay. And then by 4 p.m. you're like, oh, no, the, the thing is broken. We're done. And then by 5 p.m. you're like, okay, we're okay. And then somehow you go home and get up and do it again the next day. So, you know, even just having to deal with that, like mental turmoil on a, not even week to week or day to day, but literally hour to hour basis. And I know you're right. I'm yeah. an entrepreneur as well. So I have to do that as well. Um, having to go through that turmoil just clouds your own judgment around your own company. No, that's great. That's definitely great advice, Raj. And, and when I th- when I hear about what you're doing, I mean, I, what I like to tell people, and I, I always recommend that um, you know people have coaches for things like speaking, um, writing, all these different things. And the, the more specialized, the better. When I think about some, like Christopher Kai was one of my original speaking coaches, who's helped me a lot of, in terms of how I deliver my message, what I do. I mean, this is you know, three years ago maybe or so that I started working with them. And I think about where I was prior to that. And you think about like some of the the best, you know, let's say storytellers or people that have ever done it, or at least that's what we look at at for current modern day, I should say, like your Steve Jobs or like Apple, like these other examples we have of great messages that were given. Or you go further back to like your, you know, Winston Churchill, or you even go further back and you have all these great examples. Um, and now I guess you'd say it, People, in my opinion, um, need to take this a lot more serious than they did at one point, especially in the startup space and working in the in the SaaS um, area that you're that you're consulting on, um, because with you know 400, 500, however many hundred um, SaaS companies are getting uh, funded out of Silicon Valley, um, you know by the year. Um, you need to stick out, and as a CEO, I mean, you, you, some or, or whomever is going to do it at your organization, whoever is going to be the pitch man and craft it. If you're not, if you're more of a behind-the-scenes CEO, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But you need somebody. There's got to be a face or something else to connect. And Raj, what you're helping them do with learning to tell that story and kind of craft that message is just so vital because nowadays, um, if, if somebody can't connect with your brand, what what are they going to connect with? It's different, right? Right, and especially with so much, you know, especially in technology, mm-hmm. there's very likely another company who does the exact same thing that you do. Exactly. And if you try and get into a, you know, Wild West gunslinging battle of having some better features, you'll never win. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, usually not, they just want like, like one or two things. So it, it all comes down to what's the message, what's the story you're telling, and how are you able to create an emotional connection with them? Because that's what's going to win at the end of the day. So Raj, if somebody's listening to this and if they want more information or to get in, in touch with you, um, what's the best way for them to reach out? Yeah, um, my, I'm very accessible. So my email is rajiv, R-A-J-I-Z, at startuphypeman.com. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, and then I also, I just, literally just published this today um, as of this recording uh, I just put out a new guide. I call it Standout Messaging That Doesn't Suck. Um, it is on how to use case studies in your outbound messaging, and it's like a 20-page guide slash mini ebook I put together. Um, so if you go to startuphypeman.com slash offer, you can uh, get that. It's, it's totally free, um, and it's, I put a lot of time into creating that, and I think people who read it are going to look at their – outbound messaging in a much different way. Um, there's a, a principle I stumbled across that I call the X to Y paradox. And hopefully that's enough of a tease. I guess people say, oh, what's that? And I'll go click on that. So 
startuphypeman.com slash author for that. And then I have a podcast as well. It's called Startup Hype Man, the podcast, where we have different startup founders on the show where they, and they talk through different uh, growth strategies that they, have emplo- that they have employed to help their company grow or things they've done that actually haven't worked to help you know, listeners think twice about something they should do. That's great. And uh, the name of the podcast again, Startup Hype Man Podcast, yes? Startup Hype Man, the podcast. All right, perfect. Yeah, go check that out. That's interesting. I, I love the content, love the support podcasters. So definitely go check that out. And, uh, and I'm, I'm excited to listen to it also and, and hear, um, hear, hear what's working, hear what's not. Um, so Raj, thanks for coming on the show today and uh, spending some time out and teaching us more about what you do and how you're helping your clients. And to the audience, as always, really appreciate you tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. And don't forget to uh, check out Startup Pipe Man, the podcast. Um, Raj, thanks again for coming on the show. 